Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we are talking about dealing with workplace conflict. And we are going to share some of our own experiences, some of our client experiences, and we're going to give you some great tips on how you can um, you can deal with workplace conflict and have a great outcome. So let's get started then. So I think the first thing we need to do is think about what workplace conflict actually is. So do you want to define it for us, Jackie? Yeah, so... I feel like conflict kind of gets a bad rap because if it's something that often people are kind of uncomfortable about or not sure how to handle. But to me, conflict is just where there is a disagreement of some sort. And that's not always a bad thing because where there is a disagreement, then there are differing views. And that brings some positive impacts at different times as well. So it can bring collaboration, it can bring range of ideas, it can bring innovation, loads of other buzzwords that I probably haven't thought of. But the, the kind of fundamental basis is that conflict arises or conflict occurs where there is a disagreement for some reason over something. And I think what people really fear is the emotional fallout of negative conflict. It's not necessarily conflict because if you, most people don't find it uncomfortable to have a different view than somebody else. What's uncomfortable is the emotional fallout of when those disagreements potentially escalate or are allowed to kind of go under the surface, under unresolved, that kind of thing. So I think kind of stripping it back to that kind of real simplicity of it's just a difference of opinion can actually straight away start to kind of make conflict feel a bit less big and scary. Yeah, and that's such a great way to kind of position it because it is just, it's a it's a conversation, it's an opportunity to really look at what's going on and to to really kind of peel back the layers, isn't it? To find out what do we need to do differently? What do we need to do better? And create that healthy and productive work environment. So what, in terms of dealing with conflict, I know you've got a really good um, process for dealing with that or framework, actually. So what, I'll just do that again. So in terms of actually dealing with conflict, I know you've got a really good framework that you use so do you want to share that with us and then we can then we can look at the the different tips and different things that that we would do absolutely of course yeah so yeah when I'm kind of running leadership development and we're exploring conflict one of the the frameworks that I often share is a four types of conflict model so the people are kind of sometimes familiar with the distinction between task and relationship conflict 
but I look at four different of which task and relationship are two. So essentially it's breaking down and understanding where is the source of the disagreement? Where is the source of the conflict? So there are four kind of broad sources that can lead to conflict. So one is task and that that comes about when it's a question of what is the real goal or what's the real priority here? And this can be quite common when, for example, if you're leading one team and somebody else is leading another, there are often things that overlap. There's things that need cross-functional resource. And what's the priority for one person on one team may not necessarily be the same as the priority for somebody on a different team. So that's where task it's kind of what task actually needs to be done what is the thing that needs to be achieved here the second one is process conflict and this is where there's agreement so this can happen a lot within teams because this is where there's agreement on what the goal or what the priority is what needs to be done but then there's different views about what's the best way to go about this so different people's perspectives, ideas, experiences, different. Sometimes there's data that you can refer to. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes it's it's just different opinions. But it's kind of that question, that fundamental question with this one is, what's the best way to go about it? Then you've got status conflict. And this, I use the question of who's calling the shots. It's kind of right. Whose decision is this to make? And again, this is not unusual either when kind of you might be butting heads with somebody from a different team um, where it might be that you feel like this should be my decision they feel it should be theirs but also it can happen if there's not enough clarity within a team so if you're leading a team for example you've delegated something as decision making capacity to a member of your team but other people aren't aware of that then everybody might feel they've got equal input and that it's you calling the shots when you don't want it to be escalated to you, you want it to be dealt with by somebody else. So process conflict is that question of what's the best way. Status is about who's actually making the decision, who's calling the shots here. And then relationship conflict is just your common garden personality clash. And this often arises where emotion gets attached to another type of conflict where there is a dis disagreement that maybe escalates where it then can start to feel personal that's when the relationship can suffer when emotion can get attached to one of the other three types and that's when often relationship conflict happened it can happen without another type it can just be your personality clash but it often stems from other areas lack of clarity or lack of agreement in other things so yeah that's the kind of four types of conflict framework that I really like because I feel like it helps people to kind of become a detective really understand what's the source of this why is it happening where is it coming from and also be able to anticipate it and think how could conflict arise where might it come up and be able to kind of head it off at the pass yeah, I think that it's a really good way of looking at it because I suppose in the corporate world, there isn't a great deal of training that you get. I mean, I know I didn't when I was when I was a manager on conflict and dealing with conflict. It's just as a manager, you're expected to know how to deal with conflict. So 
conflict with everything everything leadership and management you're just expected to know yeah and and that's the thing isn't it because it's like you don't actually know until you go through those experiences and if you don't get the right guidance or you haven't got the right mentors then sometimes you don't ever really feel like you, you get it right or you can start lacking confidence in certain areas because you don't know if it's right so you kind of use your own judgment but sometimes it, do, it just doesn't feel like the right way to deal with things and I think using that four-step um, framework is is perfect because you can go right okay here's some conflict how are we gonna analyze this now like where is it coming from which section does it fit under and now that I know where it's coming from like how are we going to deal with it and you can almost take that objective view then can't you because you're kind of like okay well it's it's potentially a process issue that's causing the conflict so how are we going to get around that who do we need to get around the table to sort that out and and then you can go through and then obviously with the some of the relationship ones where you've got a real personality clash like sometimes there's a whole range of things that you'll you'll to conclusions with because you kind of you naturally just don't like conflict it's it's difficult isn't it people don't enjoy having difficult conversations or dealing with conflict so I suppose you almost use that framework take the emotion out of the conflict would you say yeah which is really a lot of what emotional intelligence is about we've we've spoken about that on a previous episode and it's not that you're not kind of seeking a completely emotionless robotic workplace you can have for example some really good lively debate about what's the best way to go about things if you keep the focus on the process conflict and the discussion and debate about what's the best way to do it rather than on, well, that's a ridiculous, it's when the judgment gets attached, that's when the relationship conflict can come in. Whereas if you can keep the focus on seeking clarity in the other area, then often the relationship doesn't get damaged. And equally, if you can have really good healthy debate in other areas then often you develop the skills of resolving conflict which means that when relationship conflict does happen you're more equipped to understand and to kind of go into resolution mode and I think I had a really interesting conversation on a leadership development program I was running recently about do emotionally intelligent leaders avoid conflict or actually do they engage in more conflict but it just is more positive more constructive conflict so more of the innovation the collaboration the diversity of ideas and therefore it doesn't get labeled as conflict because it's handled really well so yeah absolutely that kind of emotion and emotional intelligence piece is a really big part of it I think yeah and I think like as part of that as well is don't take it personally if if you're in a situation where conflict arises and people are coming up with different views and opinions, as soon as you feel like you're taking it personally, that's where you kind of need to step back and go, right, okay, this is not about me. This is about the situation. This is about the task in hand. This is about, it could be about a whole range of things. But if as soon as you start feeling like you're take, taking it personally, for me, that's where I always kind of step back and go, hold on a minute, like, this is not about me. But it does take some, like, it practice to do that because at the start, like, it wasn't always easy for me to do that. And I would, it, some of the conflict was so emotionally charged 
and when you you're kind of seen as the person who needs to resolve it or maybe you're even in in the middle of it it can be really difficult to kind of take yourself out and go okay this is not about me this is not personal even though sometimes it can feel quite personal it's actually if you if you look at it from the point of view as this is not about me this is about the issue at hand I need to I'm the facilitator basically that's going to figure out where this is coming from and almost like what part of that framework fits under and then you can deal with it and the more you do that or what I found the more that I dealt with conflict then as you you just said then it doesn't always then feel like conflict it just feels like a a healthy debate that moves you forward it doesn't always have to be conflict but if you do find yourself in a lot of situations where it does feel like conflict, it might be worth just thinking about that framework and kind of taking that step back and really start to think, is it conflict or is it, could it be a healthy debate? And one of the game changers for me was recognising that if it's not my decision to take, do I need to actually input here? Do I need to? I've, I'm quite plain speaking I'm, I will give an opinion or review on things and what what this did for me was help me to recognize that if I disagree but it's not my decision to take then I can offer my view but there is absolutely no obligation on that other person to receive that view and once I let go of the attachment to they should be taking my views on board it's like well why if it's their decision to take I'll offer it. And if I've offered it in a way that it sounds useful or worthwhile them listening to, then they can take it on board. But it meant that instead of me feeling like I should be having an input, I was able to detach myself from that attachment to them taking on board my ideas. And that has made such a difference in terms of my working relationships. Equally, I worked in a senior leadership team where we used to have some really spirited, lively debates and we would disagree on loads of stuff. But because we kept it in the task, the process and the status ones, and we would check in and remind ourselves, right, who's who is calling the shots? Okay, which is the priority here and who gets to decide that? okay, now what ideas have we got about the process? Who Who's going to input? And that can come from anybody and anywhere. Then the decision is made and then we get behind it. So we had a really productive set of discussions and debates and, and people went out of there aligned with the final conclusion, not necessarily agreeing with it, not necessarily like feeling like it was their idea but understanding why that decision had been taken and whose decision it was to take and therefore the relationship side was just a non-thing we would disagree but it wasn't emotive the fact that we disagreed because it was always productive and always done in that context and we had so many more disagreements and it was such an interesting job because we could do that we could disagree safely without it damaging our relationship 
Yeah. And do you know what? That is an amazing reframe on that, isn't it? Because lots of my clients that I work with, they come to me because they're fed up with the conflict that they're dealing with in the workplace. And it almost becomes a toxic environment when there is lots of conflict that's not resolved appropriately and um, that nobody really takes ownership of what needs to be done. So the conflict continues and it can really add to to a toxic work environment if there's loads of conflict. And naturally, I think people don't enjoy conflict. They, they really don't. And I think it's interesting. So if you reflect, I'm just going to ask you this question. Yeah. I'm prepped you for it. So who knows where this <laughs> might go. But my instinct would be that probably that those clients describe is where the the toxic situations are where there's a lot of unresolved and escalating relationship conflict. Yes, that is absolutely true. And and that is one of the things that it's almost like the first thing that we start looking at, because if if you're in that situation and there is all of that relationship conflict and you can't handle that and you find it really difficult to deal with at that time, you will take that baggage to your next role and most people in that situation will find themselves in another similar situation. And it's only when you start addressing the conflict and you stop taking it personally that you actually go, hold on a minute, this could actually be useful. And when you remove that attachment, it's just, it's so free. And I think, I mean, the difference when people like embark on that job search, coming from that toxic place and then by the time they're actually securing the new role they've actually built some bridges and started to resolve some of that conflict in the workplace it's like wow and I honestly believe that when you're moving jobs you should always leave on a high and sometimes that is exactly what people need to do when when it's toxic like look into what is making it toxic a lot of the time it is conflict so how can you start to deal or how can you start to learn how to deal with that conflict before you move on because at that point it's almost like you've got nothing to lose isn't it you you're leaving you're going to be moving on so why not start testing a few a few things out and seeing if you can get a handle on that conflict and almost kind of remove those those personal attachments and things like that yeah completely and I think one of the things one really simple approach that can help is to be the person that starts to shift it from relationship conflict back to one of the other types of conflict. And that can be as simple as asking some really good questions. So if people are butting heads over something and that feels political or it feels like, oh, this is a horrible scenario to be in, sometimes, I'm not suggesting, but at any point that this is the the be all and end all and the only solution and like magic wand silver bullet and all that but if you step trace back and ask some of those questions about okay what's the goal here what is the priority can we instead of focusing on what we disagree on can we try and find where we agree what is it that we're trying to achieve because that de-escalates conflict from the focus being on that kind of relationship discomfort to a more productive creating a shared understanding of the things that you do agree on so do we agree on the task do we know what the priority is here do we know what we're actually trying to achieve do we know whose decision this is to take or who all of the stakeholders are if we're 
having a, a meeting and there's conflict happening in the meeting have we got the right people in the room to be able to make the decision that we need to make and then okay so right what are the different options that we could consider let's bring those to the fore and then if i'm not the decision maker like i did stepping back from the attachment to offer it but if if it's not accepted it's not accepted so often when you start to focus on where else has it come from and where can we find some agreement on those things then it naturally will start to take some of like I say not a magic not magic wand but will start to create some of that reminder that you don't disagree on everything the stuff that you agree on as well yeah and I suppose as well sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint what you do agree on but you can always always figure out what you disagree on first and then I think sometimes that can be easier then to figure out well okay we're disagreeing on all of these things but actually we're agreeing on all of these things and hopefully what you're agreeing on is is a lot more than what you're disagreeing on and I feel like often people are disagreeing on detail but they agree on bigger picture so the people will have for example a different view on the best approach to take but it will both be with the aim of doing the right thing for the business or for the team so I think often when you kind of zoom out from the detail that's when you'll find the things that you agree on people then are just have got different views as to how best to go about that yeah and I think that that is a really good point as well because zooming out from the detail is is absolutely key isn't it because when you're kind of in the middle of it it can feel really tough so it is about just taking that time even if you just kind of go and sit in a dark room on your own (laughs) and you figure it out it's like you just need to give yourself that space to think about it and just to kind of go through all of all of the different aspects so that you can then figure out or you can start to figure out who's going to have the answers straight away but you can start to figure it out and start to move forward and one like really simple tip that I have as well in exactly that vein so when you're saying about going sitting in a darkened room (laughs) that is brilliant advice and it's something that I think people if you're uncomfortable with conflict kind of almost once you're out of that environment you kind of don't want to think about it anymore but actually if you do sit darkened or not <laughs> but in a room <laughs> and kind of replay that conflict in your mind what you can do is to think about and, and imagine how could you have calmly and assertively made a point that could have made a difference that could have de-escalated things that could have made that conversation more productive and when you reflect on that and you imagine an approach that you could have taken that could have got you a better result what you do is you create those pathways in your brain the same as if you've actually been through that situation again and dealt with it more successfully and the power of visualization and the way that the brain works is enormous me with my neuroscience but that is an incredibly simple but can be an incredibly powerful way to get better at handling conflict is simply to replay ones that you've been party to and imagine how it could have gone differently. And then you make it effectively what you're doing is training your brain as to how you want it to respond the next time. 
yeah, I think that that is a really good idea and something to to really consider because it's almost like when I'm teaching people to prep for interviews, it's about going over those old stories so that when that situation arises or when that question comes up, your brain will automatically or your subconscious mind will automatically go to the nearest answer it can find that is relevant. So if you kind of go through those experiences and you relive those experiences. And as you say, think of how you could have de-escalated it. Then next time you're in that situation, your brain will automatically go to that new memory, won't it? And it, it's exactly the same as interview prep. So this is why I am a huge advocate for kind of going over, like constantly reflecting on what you've done, the situations you've been in, the people that you've worked with, even the ones that you've really loved and the ones that you've not really liked at all. And thinking about like, why was that? Why did that happen? Because you can always pinpoint the ways to de-escalate things in the past. Maybe you said something that triggered something else. Maybe when you reflect on that, you can understand that. Or maybe somebody said something that triggered you. Is that an action point for you to think about how can I get support with that? in case that comes up again. Yeah, absolutely. Noticing language again is really powerful. So noticing either language that you use that might have triggered other people or language that other people might have used that might have triggered a reaction in you is really useful because one of the skills of emotional intelligence is being able to create that pause where you respond rather than react. So you, you experience the emotion, but rather than go based on that emotion, you act based on what's important and what the situation needs. And that's exactly what that reflection will do for you when you reflect on those emotions you experienced and how that tied to the language. And again, you can then prepare yourself that, okay, and if I hear that word, what can I, what do I remind myself? How do I create that pause and that moment so that next time I respond rather than react. Yeah, and and if you do that, it will make such a difference. So what would you say your top tips are for dealing with conflict at work? So I think probably the, the kind of key one really is don't fear conflict, recognize what it is, how it can be beneficial, but also how you can kind of deconstruct it and understand so that you can minimize the destructive effects and maximize the constructive ones. So I think that would be the the first one is kind of get comfortable with the idea that maybe it is possible for this to be a good thing. Because once your mindset shifts, everything else follows. And then I think that element of focusing on where you agree and sometimes that taking a bit of that kind of zooming out is really important. And I also think the kind of one of the core skills of emotional intelligence is empathy. And that's one of the things that can go by the by. So practicing empathy, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard (laughs) and really kind of trying to understand other people's perspectives rather than defending your own can be a complete game changer because sometimes you're just at cross purposes and when you ask questions and when you use empathy to try and understand their perspective all of a sudden 
you realize that actually again you find more of the agreement you find more of that how about you what would you add to those I think I mean they're great tips and one thing that I would add is address it early don't let it fester because if you tackle these things as soon as they come up they're so much easier to resolve if you let it fester that's where there's more emotions that come into play and more relationships can be damaged so address it as soon as you recognize there's conflict occurring then address it as soon as you possibly can absolutely yeah that's such an important point and if I think of coaching clients that's exactly the thing that often comes up for them is kind of like oh I don't feel comfortable with it so I don't know how to address it so I don't and then it's kind of like okay well you haven't addressed it now but a day a week a month later you've now got a whole bigger thing to to have to address so yeah and the other thing I would say is that for for both of us we offer a power hour option which is just an ad hoc coaching hour where you can work with us on a really specific topic and handling conflict at work is a really common topic that both of us our clients kind of experience and and have in different ways so the the links will be in the show notes so if you want to book in to be able to kind of explore that with us and resolve depending whether that's kind of showing up for you in terms of you needing a job search or whether that's showing up in terms of how you lead your team then we're always always happy to help with that so thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please do share it with anybody else that you think would find it useful. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget you can always drop us a message if there's anything you want us to cover on any of the podcast episodes or if you do need any support. So we will look forward to hearing from you and we will see you next week.